All right, guys, you're here with Josh Thompson, Punk's Opinion. We're going to do a quick little breakdown of Bellator this last weekend, 222 in New York City, Madison Square Garden. What a effing show, man. What a night of fights. It was a great night of fights. Everyone came out, fought their asses off. The prelims were stacked. The prelims had some amazing fights as well. And, um, I mean, shit, the, the card was stacked from top to bottom. And we're going to actually run it all back this weekend in London. It was going to be awesome. Uh, Bellator uh, MMA in London. Uh, there's no name. There's no number for it. We're just basically calling it Bellator London. It's a European series. You got Melvin Manoff is fighting. Um, <clears throat> Aaron Chalmers is fighting. Of course, Musasi and Lovato are fighting for the title. And then you have Paul Daly and Eric Silva. That should be a bar burner right there. That's going to be a fucking lit fight. James Galliver fighting uh, Jeremiah Labiano, who's actually here from the Bay Area. Young kid, talented kid. Very, they're basically like almost equally the same fighter. Um, Jeremiah is pretty good on the ground. Just as good as uh, James Gallagher. Uh, I would give probably Gallagher or James or Labiano a little bit more of a, a chance on the feet. Um but they're both good, man. They're, they're actually very, very equally the same. They're almost the same fighter. Just one has a better record than the other. That's about it, man. Um, Melvin Manoff, chin is questionable, but the kicks and the power are not. So, but uh, Kent is deaf. I can't even pronounce his last name. Kaupinen. Kaupinen. Yeah, so he's he's just as good. But if he touches, he's got big power too. If he touches uh, Melvin's chin, that could be lights out. Look, man, th th these fights are going to be good. They may go quick. They may not. Um, what's the next fight on there? Oh, Shipman. Shipman's tough as hell. He's got big balls. He's got big power in his hands. Could be a good fight, man. I mean, these guys these guys are good, man. So it's going to be fun. I know some of you guys maybe have never heard of him. Fabian Edwards is fighting there as well. He's uh, definitely young, talented, explosive. Jonathan, the guy he's fighting, is, is good as well. And then Charlie Ward, obviously everyone kind of should remember him or know him. He's the guy that uh, is friends with uh, Conor McGregor, the one that jumped in the cage, jumped on him, you know, and uh, that that all started. Aaron Chalmers is from Jordy Shore, whatever it is, the the right. British version of Jersey Shore, Jersey Shore, which is, uh, yeah. So anyways, look, <laughs> that card's going to be good. It's going to be stacked. It's going to be fun. Um, it's Paramount Network to start off with, and then it moves over to Channel 5 in the UK, and uh, it's going to be lit, man. That's going to be a whole good weekend of fights. We actually had a great last weekend, though. Let's talk about that a little bit. Pull up the uh, Bellator 222. Uh, you want me to pull up the card on the <clears throat> website? Yeah. Yeah, I just pull up the card on the website. Let's talk about... <clears throat> uh, Let's talk about the prelims. Pull up the prelims first, because there are a couple fights on the prelims I want to talk about. Okay, you just stopped me when... Yeah. Go slower. I can't. I can't even read the names fast. Look at this. What a total jerk. <laughs> so let's go back. Uh, Mike Kimball, that one. Yeah. So Mike Kimball. Let's talk about Mike Kimball. Young kid. Very young kid. I want to say he's only 21, 22 years old. Young, talented kid. Has the. He's tied for the third fastest knockout in Bellator history at six seconds. Uh, he's tied with Hector Lombard and crap somebody else. I can't remember who. But he's on that list of those uh, of Hector Lombard and somebody else. And, man, the kid is young, explosive, dynamic. Just moved his camp down to um, Hard Knocks 365 down in Florida where a lot of the guys are training right now. Look, man, the sky's the, the future. The sky's the limit for him. All he's got to do is just stay composed, understand who he is. He's very respectful, good kid. 
Like, it seems like he is very eager to learn. I think the sky is the limit for him. He's somebody that just needs to to have one of the guys from Hard Knocks kind of take him under his wing, see if they can get him to grow. And uh, he seems very talented, man. I, I'm extremely excited and high on this kid. Um, and uh, the the future is bright. He just has he's good, quick combinations. A couple little things he makes some mistakes on, though, is like he rocks the guy and then he kind of rushes in with kind of winging punches. Doesn't really get an opportunity, a chance to land clean. Couldn't finish the guy away. It's just one of those things, man. Just like kind of... That's just young, just young and, and just over. He's just, uh, he was just kind of like too aggressive at times where he should have been more composed, pick and chose his shots and, and landed the clean shots and got the finishes. He had a couple opportunities in the fight to do it and he didn't wasn't able to do it. Um, Hobson, let's talk about Hobson Gracie. It was a big night for him as well. It was kind of a big night for the Gracie family in general because Neiman Gracie was fighting Roy McDonald for the title and Hobson Gracie was... Um, on that card, you actually was way back there, but you can keep going because it'll go back to the way. There he is right there. He just passed it. Yep. So, um, you know, he fought Oscar Vera. Oscar Vera, I mean, obviously he's not, hasn't been that good on the ground, making his pro debut. But the thing with Hobson is that his stand-up is not there. He's still kind of willing to that old jiu-jitsu style of like, I can pull guard, I can do this. But the reason why these kids are so good, these guys are so good at jiu-jitsu, is I mean not only do they the Gracie name and they're just spending so much time training jiu-jitsu only they need to start elevating their game to working on the fence they need to start elevating their game to some other ideas um on working with their striking some of the guys in the past have been able to do that I mean Hensel's got not bad striking you know what I mean like it's good enough to get him you know to the clinch and things like that some of these younger guys haven't quite got to that level yet of punching into the clinch and getting in there and dirty boxing and getting making a dirty fight against the fence. Um, but they've got a different level of jiu-jitsu as well from the old school jiu-jitsu of the old school Gracie, Gracie jiu-jitsu. So that being said, I thought he put on a great performance when he got top position. Once he got top position, the whole fight was over. I mean, honestly, he just was able to get top position and um, dominated the position from there. Beautiful little uh, armbar from, from the top there. Anyways, good performance for the Gracie family. Uh, another notch on their belt, you know, and getting a win. And then, um, you know, like... Pretty much for the smaller undercard fights. And then we move on to basically two of the bigger undercard fights. And one of them just so happens to be one of my good buddies, Aaron Pico. And uh, he fought Adam Borks. And man, I, I, if you guys watched Bellator at all and you guys watched my analysis on the whole thing. And <clears throat> when he fought Henry Cross, I said the same thing. There's a ton of, there's a ton of questions about Aaron Pico that need to be answered. And what I meant by the fact that need to be answered is the is that what needs to be answered is can he do two things at once? We know he can wrestle, we know he can box. Can he do those two things at once? And this fight showed that he that he couldn't. He can't box and wrestle, and he can't wrestle and box at the same time. He doesn't he doesn't put the two things together. Now he had a dominating performance up until the point where he got knocked out. His wrestling is better than anybody's, I think, probably in that division in in, uh, in Bellator, and not even in that division. Maybe in all of Bellator, probably his wrestling is probably the best. Um, definitely the highest level of wrestler probably in Bellator, um, more so than Michael Chandler, more so than any of the other guys. I just think that when he just kept going to it, going to the well, going to the well with the wrestling, it was just a matter of time. And we've seen Adam Borks with some flying knee knockouts before. It was a matter of time before. 
Adam just realized, hey, I might as well go for broke and see what the reaction is. And when he did, it was all lights out. And when that, that whole thing was set up with the fact that, that Pico was not setting up his striking with, or he's not setting up his takedowns with his striking. And so when that happened, it just, it, it made Adam just, Adam Borks just realize that there was nothing really to fear other than just being taken down. Like he'd been taken down over and over and over again. Um, and he was getting dominated from the top position. Pico was doing some good work. I would have liked to have seen Pico do a little bit more with the ground and pound, uh, push him to the fence, maybe posture up, put your face against the fence and let some punches go. I mean, start working in that fence area kind of thing. And if not out in the open field, I actually liked how Greg Jackson had him every time he got close to the fence, he turned him and put him back in the middle of the, in the cage. I like that as well. It showed the progressions that he's been able to make with, um, with, with Greg Jackson, and I, I thought, I thought he, I thought he had a good performance. The issue has always been: can you put the two things together? Can you box set up your takedowns? Can you use your takedowns to set up your striking? And he just wasn't able to do it. You know, there was no real definitive ground and pound. There was no real uh, other than outside of just wrestling. There was no definitive strikes or, or strikes that I would consider like that were potentially, would potentially knock Adam Borks out. It was just one of those fights where he just, you could see there was a couple times he was stood up because there was a lack of action. He's got to get busier in the two things. Don't just be content. with We all, like for me anyways, I know that Pico can go round after round after round. And knowing that you can go round after round after round, you just got to be able to let the hands go, man. Let the hands go. Let the striking go. And those two things will set up, set you up for everything else. Now, to talk about the actual finish. The finish came because just like, what was his name? Brennan Ward, I think his name was, that fought Paul Daly. And there was other guys too. When you're just strictly in your mindset is wrestling, and when you have a, a, a lifelong, your, your, your life has been just nothing but wrestling, your natural reaction when, so, when a fighter leaves his feet in the ground is to try and grab his legs. Well, that jump that throws you right into being knocked out. It throws you right into like dipping your head right into the knee. Sometimes you miss it. Sometimes you don't. Sometimes you end up on a highlight real knockout, like in this situation here. And the same thing with Brennan Ward when he fought Paul Daly. He, Paul Daly left his feet, and Brennan Ward's automatic reaction was to kind of reach down and turn your head like you're shooting a double leg. And it, the, the knee comes up right through the middle, and it landed cleanly, and lights were out, man. And the same thing happened with Pico. I think, though, that this is probably, out of all the fights that we've seen with Aaron Pico, it's the best Aaron Pico we've seen, had the best game plan as far as use, utilizing his wrestling. But I want to make sure that we're very clear on this. I don't know if we're going to see Aaron Pico in Bellator anymore. You're four and, he's 4-3 and three now. I don't know if, if, if the experiment worked out. I mean, there was so much hype around him, and you got to understand. And look, I think the first loss was Zach Freeman. Was was a little bit of not so much his own doing, but it was just it was a little bit of a victim being a victim of circumstance. Your name was so big already because of wrestling in at the highest level that guys wanted an opportunity at you, and some guys didn't want to fight you. A lot of the, a lot of the guys, a lot of people turned you turned him down. So that fight was Zach Freeman. He ended up fighting Zach Freeman because none of the guys a little that were all entry-level guys wanted to fight him. They're like, no, I don't want to go into the Bellator and lose to him knowing that he's got the pedigree that he has. Those guys now are probably sitting back going, man, I wish I, I regret that because they could have got a big win potentially over someone who, you know, um, 
who didn't have any experience in fighting. You know, he was a boxer, straight boxer, or he was a straight wrestler. And that's that's really what he is today to this to this moment. And it sucks because I know he's got so much skill. The jiu-jitsu skill obviously is going to be something he needs to take time and develop. But we saw that he has defensive jiu-jitsu skills on top of with his wrestling. And uh, we know he's got big hands. We know he's got big power in his hands. But this is not boxing, per se, with like boxing gloves on. This is MMA. And little punches and little little gloves, they sneak through and get through. And it showed. It showed with the Corrales fight. And it's just, it's just a lack of experience. I really believe it's a lack of experience. I don't. I can't say potentially that his career is over, but I mean, I got to say, like, he's been knocked out three times now in, in all three of his losses. I mean, he pretty much, I mean, his first loss, he was pretty much knocked out. He got dropped first, fished for the leg, and then got stuck into a submission and was choked out clean to the point where he was out. So, so you don't think he should just go back in competition and take well, some smaller fights? I, but the, it won't be in Bellator. That's the thing. So you're going to have to go somewhere else and then maybe potentially work your way back because if they cut him. I I just don't I don't I don't see I guess look when you're when you're when you're one fight away from being 500 I don't know if the promotion is willing to keep paying you what they're paying you and and uh one fight away from being 500 he's four and four 500 like you're even you're even mm. yeah so if you're if you're one fight away from being 500 then there's like you you start second guessing like what you're putting your money into, you know, if you're a promotion and you know, there's a lot of other, there's a lot of outline issues also that I'm not going to get into um, that, you know, he's, he, he, he's had, I wouldn't say he's had trouble with some camps, but he's bounced from camp to camp to camp to camp. And I think that works a little bit for wrestling because you're not actually getting punched or kicked. You're not learning the technique of it all, but it's just, it's just one of those things, man. I just feel like, I feel I feel upset for him because we had him on the podcast. If you guys actually go back and listen to it, it's a pretty good podcast. Like, um, it's just the the issue is that there is no plan B. There is no and he he straight up just said that to himself. I said, you know, like if all these things happen, what happens if they don't work? And he's like, I'm like, what's plan B? And he's like, there is no plan B. And when someone tells you that, it's like, and then you see the results that he's getting right now, I start getting concerned. <laughs> And the reason why I'm getting concerned is because, like, if you've been knocked out three times in MMA, I wouldn't recommend going to boxing where guys just all they do is knock dudes out. You know, um, I honestly believe that he needs to go back to wrestling. I think that he probably will learn a lot about himself. I think wrestling is probably the way to go. Um, I don't know if it's just been a whole career of cutting too much weight or cutting weight at all or whatever it is that he's been doing. But for some reason, his chin is just not it, it's not there. It's not there anymore. I don't think it. I don't think it's gonna come back. I think he needs to go back to wrestling. My personal opinion is that Aaron Pico needs to go back to wrestling and try to make the Olympic team. I think that's his best shot at being a a um, Olympic gold medalist or at being a champion at something. A star. A star. No, I, mean, I really wouldn't even say a star because even in wrestling, like I don't like outside of like Jordan Burroughs and Kyle Snyder, I, I don't think. Like, I don't think that he, I don't know if he has that star power. Like, Jordan Burroughs is just so electric and so just dynamic. Everything he does, man, so explosive. He He's he's a quiet, humble guy. And, like, same thing with Pico. But he has a different style of wrestling that just catches people, like, you know, in awe. And Snyder just being a heavyweight, it's just, that's heavyweights. They always get the, 
they always get the star power. But you know, all the smaller guys that are wrestlers, I don't I don't see any star power in any of them. So I mean, not that they couldn't be, but I just don't I don't see it happening, man. I don't see it happening in MMA, and it's sack it sucks because I really like the kid. The kid's a great kid, probably one of the nicest kids I've ever met. Um, just all around a great kid. I just it's not I don't think it's gonna happen for him in MMA, man. You know, and if you want to go to boxing, go to boxing. But when you get to the highest level, level and your chin's a little bit shot, I don't think it's going to happen, man. My whole suggestion is going back to, my suggestion would be go back to uh, to wrestling. That would be my suggestion. Anyways, moving on. So uh, there was that. And then uh, who else is on the prelims? Uh, right here on the right-hand side. On the right-hand side. So there was Heather Hardy and um, Taylor Turner, which I think was the the other big one, right? Yeah, I, I mean, I, lo I love Heather Hardy. She just she got out grappled, man. She had no answer for the mount. Uh, the, um, you know, Taylor Turner just was able to get her down. When she got her down, she couldn't get up off the ground. And when that all happened, it was just not, I mean, it was just, there was no escape. I, I would like to see her work a lot more on her jiu-jitsu. And I'm not sure if she can because I know she's got to keep getting money or keep getting rounds in for boxing if she's still running that route because she I know she is it's hard to do two sports at once you got to sometimes choose we had we had Gaston Bolanos on and he talked about the same thing about how he he's doing kickboxing and he's and he's doing uh MMA and it's so hard to just train for just MMA because there's so many things you have to train for in MMA and then also just to train kickboxing so it's pretty hard man it's it's hard for those guys to do those type of things so who knows I don't know. I couldn't tell you off the hand, but for some reason, she her grappling's not getting didn't look like it had gotten any better since the first uh, couple of fights that I've seen her fight. But I think honestly, I'd like to see her fight again. Always, I always enjoy watching her fight. And Taylor Turner is freaking tall, long, and lanky, and just like she had no answer to get her off of her. And it's hard to get those long people off you, man. Once they're on top, especially in full mount, it's almost it's almost impossible. Heather was trying to fight from the bottom. And Taylor Turner was like sitting up and Heather's arms couldn't even reach her chest. <laughs> I was like, what the fuck? I'm like, how are you going to hit her in the face, man? You can't get her off of you if you can't hit her in the face. So, I mean, I don't suggest people fighting from the bottom like that regardless, but that was kind of the only answer she had at the moment. And that was all I could give her. I mean, hey, but I tip my hat off though. She, uh, she, she came in there, still kept fighting. Just wasn't able to get it done. What other fight was there? Uh, Juan Archuleta. Oh, Juan. Juan was in the prelim, was he? Oh, was he not? No, he was not a prelim. No, no he was on the main card. Oh, okay. No. Uh, prelims. No, there was the Valerie Laterna girl. She uh, was on yeah. there, too. Valerie Laredo. Laredo. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, you know, she's she's got a funky style. She she showed she got a little bit of dog in her. Uh, there was a couple exchanges in there where they were actually just exchanging and throwing blows. Uh, she's, I, just, I don't like the karate style. Because it really comes down to like them um, kind of running a lot. And we see it a little bit with Machida. And it's just like, I don't know, just kind of frustrating. But it is what it is. She, the thing with Machida, though, Machida kind of stands his ground and like makes you, like like Jay Glazer would say, kind of mesmerize you with his hips. And um, and throw the kicks from there and the strikes up the middle. But Valerie Loretta, she, she spends a lot of time circling, circling, circling. Doesn't really settle down on her punches and strikes a whole lot. She's got some great kicks, but she doesn't know how to fight running. She does not know how to fight going backwards. So if I was somebody that was fighting her, I'd be like trying to put a lot of pressure on her and not let her get off with the kicks because her boxing's not all that great. But um, all in all, I mean, she, she showed she had some dog in her. 
And uh, the girl she fought, I can't remember her name, but yeah, she was, uh, she actually was pretty tough too. I know that she, they, they, I know they had signed her like a couple weeks before. She's from Hooters. She works for Hooters. That's right. But um, they were talking about it. But I mean, the girl, the girl was chasing Valerie around. See if you notice, she couldn't, she didn't know how to fight going backwards. She was too busy thinking about me. Oh jeez, it's getting deep in here. It was like full of shit deep in here. <laughs> um, but all in all, I thought it was a good performance for Valerie. She had a good performance, and uh, but the other girl, man, she was tougher than shit. I thought she, I, I didn't expect as much out of her as we got, and uh, I thought I thought she put on a good performance. I thought both girls did. All right. And all right, let's talk. Uh, let's talk main card, man. Main card: Horiguchi versus Caldwell. I, look, Caldwell said the cage was gonna make a difference. It didn't make any difference at all. Like Caldwell, by the end of the first round, going into the second round, looked like he was tired. And I was expecting, I was expecting Caldwell to be able to. Uh, to do more damage in the ground and pound and, and put some work in. He just wasn't able to get to any of the top positions to go ahead and get the finish. And it seemed like he was just content with being on top. And I don't know if it's because he's he's cutting so much weight um, that he's gassing out. But we also know that he had a little bit of a gas problem in college too when he was making when he was wrestling in college. He never, you know, he never had the best cardio, never had the best conditioning. And I'll tell you guys a quick little story. The first time he ever came to AKA and um and trained there, and maybe he was he definitely wasn't in the best of shape, but he came within the first day, he was already thrown up in the hallway in the trash can, and it's just one of those things. And for someone who's already an athlete, it's pretty rare and pretty hard to kind of make them throw up, you know, in 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 a scenario where they, you know, it's predominantly like wrestling, wrestling, jujitsu, um, you know, and and I'm not knocking it. I'm not trying to knock him, anyways. If this, if that's what it sounds like, you know, I'm not trying to do that at all. I'm simply just trying to say that I don't know if it's because of the weight cut, but he's never been, he's never been a guy that I've seen from in the past that has had great cardio, great conditioning. He is fast. He is explosive. He is very athletic. He's a phenomenal fucking wrestler. Um. He's really good. He's good all the way around. The only issue is that when you're dealing with someone like Horiguchi, who has short legs and is able to keep their back against the fence, you gotta. He has to start. Like, there was no game plan to finish how to get Horiguchi's back off the fence or keep him out in the open mat. And when he kept putting him against the fence, Horiguchi kept using the fence to get back up. The times, guys, you guys, everybody out there listening, the times of having people against the fence are dead. You guys have to remember, you're not doing a whole lot of work against that fence. These guys, 90% of the guys have figured it out on how to get up. And not just how to get up, but it's so hard to keep these guys down, man. It's so hard. Guys have learned. Yeah, I'm so jet lag. I'm so jet lag. And I'm like, and look, you caught my yawn. Um, is that... Guys have figured out to keep their back against the fence, and if they get their head or their shoulders above you, they're able to get back up. You know, if their head and their back and their shoulders are against the fence and their posture is up high, they're able to start trying to get back to their feet. And it's so hard for someone like Caldwell, who doesn't have the conditioning to keep wrestling for 25 minutes for for, for a title fight. And he uses so much energy to get the takedowns as well as how explosive he is. And we've seen it before in the, fa in the past. Guys that are really explosive have a tendency to gas out. It's just, maybe it's just a genetic thing. I have no idea. But when you find guys that 
they kind of like lull themselves in. They go, you know, but he uses a lot of energy. But I'll even give you guys a for instance, like Robbie Lawler. He was somebody that always just kind of like lulled you in and lulled you in and fought a slow pace, but it was really fast and explosive and hit hard, you know, just just to crush people's faces in. But he always looked like he was kind of tired. He would sometimes take shots, take rounds off, do those types of things, and then come out and just explode on you and eventually finish you, you know, with big punches. So I don't know if Darion just needs to go up and wait to 145. I would really honestly love to see a Horaguchi and Patricio Pitbull fight at 135. I would love to see that fight. You have two small guys that are not that big. Horaguchi's tough, very well-rounded all the way around, and Pitbull is explosive, hard-hitting, conditioning, um, has always been a little suspect in the fourth and fifth round. Horaguchi showed that that's not an issue with him in the fourth and the fifth. And I'm not saying that Patricio gasses to the point where he can't keep his arms up and his hands up, you know, or just try to hold you down. He's just someone that isn't the same fighter in the in the fourth and the fifth that he was in the first, second, and third. But not a lot of guys are, just to be honest. But um, Horiguchi kind of keeps that even kill pace all the way through, and that can kind of sometimes not break people, but can kind of put people in positions or make them do things that they didn't want to do that puts them in positions to be subbed or knocked out. So who knows, man? I really feel like that would be a great fight to see. You have Horiguchi and um, Patricio, and if you don't have that fight, then you have Patricio or you have... Juan Archuleta and Horiguchi, or you even potentially have Juan Archuleta and Patricio. So either way, you have a you have a that little three ring circus right there of three guys is phenomenal fights. Um, just my take on that fight there. Uh, but it, I also think what people need to remember is this: this is the very first cross promotion champion. The very first. So you have. Now you have Horiguchi, who is the Ryzen champion, who is also now the Bellator champion. And to touch on that, Patricky Pitbull is going to be going over to Bellator or going over to Ryzen to, to fight in their lightweight tournament over there. So you have now we're making trades with guys, not so much trades, or we're loaning guys from promotion to promotion between Ryzen and Bellator. And you are going to start seeing the best fighters fight each other outside of the UFC. And I got to tell you now, I think we have a ton of guys that are better than the UFC guys that are in the top 10. Now, I'm not saying champion for champion, maybe we're better, but you guys all have to remember this as well. We also have a quarter of the roster that Bellator or that UFC has on their on their roster. So, they're really just they're really just flooding their their roster and their market and they're just throwing them out to you guys and we don't know how good those guys are, you know? And I think you we have a good case for certain guys that are extremely good. I mean, across the board, across the board. So I'm not saying, look, I'm not saying that obviously that they're ready to compete, but I'm simply just saying that I think it's an amazing job what Bellator and Scott Coker are doing with with Ryzen and um, Saki Gabara. I mean, everyone talked for years, wouldn't it be cool if Pride fought UFC and it never came to fruition? I mean, like, sure, you had Chuck went over there. And that was pretty much it. And it was this big ordeal. It was supposed to be like Vanderlei and Chuck. And it just never happened. It was only Alistair and, and Chuck. And then it was Chuck and then losing to Quentin. And it was just one of those fights, man. It's just like one of those things that never really led up to being something spectacular. 
And here we are now, and we are now finding ourselves in a cross promotion with Ryzen, and Ryzen is now in the growth in Japan, which everyone knows the Japanese fans are absolutely amazing, and the um, and the sport itself over there is is amazing. So, I think uh, the sky is the limit, man. I think the sky is the limit is making sure that the two promotions continue to work together, and they're going to start sharing fighters. And who knows, man? We're going to have champion versus champion. I think in the you know what we just did right now. But I'm saying we're going to continue to keep having champion versus champion or our number one prospects going over there and fighting and their number one prospects coming over here and fighting. I think you, make sure you guys tune in to both shows. Great stuff. Um, moving on. Why not Chilea? <clears throat> I mean, what can I say, man? Thought this actually was looking pretty good. It looked, seemed like it was taking Juan a little bit of while, a little bit of time to figure him out. I thought Dantes looked looked well. It looked physically fit. Um, looked strong, uh, was kind of taking the center of the cage and, and dictating uh, how Juan moved around the cage. But then, I, like I said, the last couple seconds of a round, some fighters tend to relax and just kind of throw carelessly, thinking like, oh, the round's going to end. And it cost Dantes dearly. Um, with one second left, he gets knocked out. All he had to do is just capture his breath and just walk back to the, walk back to the corner and get some water. And it had been done, but it felt like he just stepped in with like a really lazy push kick slash like little jab hook kind of thing. And it wasn't even something like he looked like he was trying to land. It looked like he was just basically throwing to throw right before the round ended. Like, oh, if I miss, cool, we're done. And Juan Archuleta with the walk-off knockout. I mean, just insane, man. I thought it was, I thought it was uh, gearing up to be a great fight up until this moment. I was excited to see what the next round was going to bring. Uh, Juan, Juan just looked phenomenal, man. Just looked good. I mean, he always looks good, but I mean, like, you're going against a two-time champion who has plenty of uh, ring experience and cage experience, and uh, I thought I thought Juan fought a smart fight, man. He said now he's 18 and one. He's ready for one of those fights, and I think he deserves it, man. New contract, here to stay in Bellator, and uh, you know he's bought, he's beat a lot of good guys, man. Ricky Mendejas, he beat Jeremy Spoonie, beat uh, Edward Dantas, he beat. Uh, who else does he beat? I mean, he's got he's got a, he's got a long list of guys that he's been through, and uh, man, it's, it's crazy. It's crazy. Let me see. Good stuff, man. Juan's uh, Juan's you know going. Now here's another one. Ricky Bendejas. I thought was gonna. I thought Ricky was gonna give this a, a lot better go. I'm a huge fan of Ricky Bendejas. I really enjoy watching him fight. I thought they just they're not giving him. Any, they're not doing him any favors, man. Patrick Mix being undefeated coming in. And all the talk was that Patrick Mix is one of those guys that his rate his wrestling's just okay, but his scrambles to get on top and his scrambles to actually get to the back and his scrambles to uh to like stay on top or you know to always end up on top in his wrestling. He scooted to the back, boom, threw the hook in, and was right under the back, and he just Ricky Bendales just couldn't get him off. And I mean, he's undefeated right now, 11 0 I mean, I heard him talking with Rich Chow afterwards saying like, hey, I'm ready for the next level. This wasn't even close to what the level is I've shown. I do know that Juan Archuleta had went down to Greg Jackson's for a little bit and had trained with him. And I heard that Juan was having fits with uh, Patrick Mix. He's like, yeah, he's good. He's tough. He's hard to get off, like get off your back. They call him the human backpack. They call him Patchy, but they call him the human backpack around the gym, you know, and he just once once he was able to get that that choke in, man. He was once he was able to get that arm underneath the chin, man. He was done, and it was 
it sucks because, you know, Ricky's a good kid, nice guy, and uh, phenomenal fighter. I'm expected to see big things out of him. He's got a huge win over um, James Gallagher. But I thought I thought Patrick Mix fought a smart fight, did exactly what his game plan was, was to get to the back and get the finish. Had a great fight, man. Dominant performance. Quick, too. Quick. Next fight. Uh, it was Dylan Dennis and Max Humphrey. Uh, what do you want me to say, man? Max Humphrey, just no grappling. No grappling at all. Uh, look, you know, just there's nothing there. Dylan was had his way with him. I want to see more ground and pound like we saw after the, right after the first takedown. I want to see more ground and pound out of Dylan. I want to see him do more work from that position. And uh, I think Dylan understood there was it was a lot harder to strike and still advance your position in a real fight. You know, it's one thing to do it in a practice, you know, but it's another thing to actually do it in a fight. Uh, he fought He fought a good fight. Dylan was just setting up the armbar real well. Dylan was taking his time. Dylan did some good stuff, man. I was very impressed. It was a little bit of all facets shown. He showed a little bit of stand-up, how it kind of slightly improved from the first fight. And, uh, you know, he, he did some good stuff. I thought he did some good stuff as far as the wrestling and the takedowns, but then his transitions, obviously, in the ground are just nasty. I was uh, I was surprised. I was really I was really surprised. He, he is advancing. He is getting better, and uh, he seemed like he's getting a little more comfortable in the cage. And uh, that's that's all it takes. Look, no one is. I mean, for me, honestly, maybe you guys are. You know, you guys are all expecting him to be a world beater right off the bat. Uh, give him time, man. I mean, no one likes him because he talks a lot of shit to everybody. I love his little comments to John Jones. <laughs> I talked about it and uh you know but even Ali Malay Ali Malay McFarland our champ for Bellator doesn't really care for him either so they've already had their beefs and their problems and their issues but look man the kid does what he does and he's gonna come in and just hype himself up and try to be you know try to be at that next level so we'll see we'll see what what the next couple fights uh bring to him but I thought he had a great performance in New York it was his hometown it's always hard to fight your first time in your hometown and get a win and, uh, and he was able to do that. I thought he fought a great fight. Good stuff. Can't knock him for it. Uh, look, talk shit all you want, but honestly, like, he's never been nothing but nice to me, so I can't really say too much. I don't know him any outside of you know just the conversations we've had. Um, I guess now let's talk, the, let's talk uh, you know, JLP Sonnen, baby, and uh, Leona Machida. Um, I, th I thought I Chael thought did some good things, but... Uh, it really just comes down to the fact that it's the speed and and I, I said in the commentary is that you you gotta you gotta attack Machida at angles and it's hard to do that because his footwork's better than pretty much everybody's. He's good with the knees right up the middle. Ask Ryan Bader. He's good with the strikes down the middle. You know, you can ask for shot Evans. Like he's good at these things that from the southpaw stance, he switches stance back and forth. But he always keeps you guessing. He does a lot of great things. He's quick in and out. And he's just, he's a wrestler killer, man. And that's really what it comes down to. And I thought Chael just needed to punch his way in a little bit more. But he just had to be keep being careful with those knees as they come up the middle. Once you know he's going he's gonna to shoot, Machida was able to go ahead and throw the knees up the middle. The one thing I will say this, though, about, about Chael. Chael is not afraid, even to this day, to the time he retired. This was not the ideal fight for him, man. Like, there was no way that, there was no way he should have taken this fight. I mean, I thought, I thought if he was able to get a takedown early and hold Machida down for the first round, he potentially, in the second round coming out, could get a takedown. 
And uh, and if he could get the second round, he could probably just bide his time in the third round because Machida is such a counter striker. So Chael didn't have to um, press the pace in the third if he got two takedowns in the first and the second was able to hold him down. But, I mean, look, he's got a loss against Fedor. He's got a loss against Machida. He's got a loss against Tito, which I like to see them run that one back. Um, you know, Rashad Evans, he's got a loss against. But I mean, like, there's some guys in there, man. He's fought some really tough guys. You know, he's, he's beat uh, Shogun. He's beat some other guys. I mean, he's he's got some big wins. And it's, look, he was one, he was a minute and 14 seconds or something like that away from being the, a uh, minute 24 seconds away from being the middleweight champion. The, he was just a minute and 14 seconds away from from beating somebody who we now later find out was on steroids and, and also Anderson Silva and being the world champion. You know what I mean? And, uh, you know, I mean, we don't know how long Anderson was cheating, but I mean, I can honestly, I mean, look, not that Chael, Chael's been also busted too, but I'm simply saying that Chael was moments away from being a world champion. And you can't, against somebody who at the time everyone thought was just, there was no way anyone was ever going to be Anderson Silva. And I mean, he had dominated that fight from top to bottom. I mean, I think in the new scoring systems, you probably could have said that he won 10 8 rounds across the board. You know, and uh, I don't know. I felt like the opportunity, man, I felt so, I almost felt bad for the guy. Felt bad because, you know, he talked about his, his uh, promise to his father and how, and how, uh, and how he thought that, you know, he was going to win that fight, you know, and, uh, and how he wanted to, you know, to, to be a champion and how he promised his father he would be a world champion. And, you know, and uh, his comment was basically that, you know, he would just tell his father, you know, when they meet again, that I tried. I think any father would understand. Like, you tried, you know, and uh, you came up short. But as long as you gave it your all. I feel like at that age, man, he's 42 years old. It's hard. It's hard to keep trying as hard as you can against these young guys. You know, and even though even though Machida is older as well. But, um, yeah, I think it's still hard, man. It's still hard. You know, crazy. Insane. But all in all, I thought it was a good performance by Chael up until the point where uh, he got caught. He got caught. He got caught with both knees. And that kind of changed the tide of the fights from there. So, but you know, Machida is still still proven to be the wrestler killer. Now we can talk uh, Neiman Gracie and Roy McDonald. I thought Neiman had a couple good exchanges in there as far as like some punches, some good strikes landed, but then he also had some good uh, submission attempts. Couple good chances, uh, great takedowns by Neiman. He just had to do it more. I thought he would take more of a page out of uh, John John Fitch's book and just continue the press. Uh, Rory against the fence or continue to like do things along those lines and um, I expected to see more I think of the submission attempts and the and the wrestling attempts against uh, against Rory McDonald but it, it didn't get done man and I think for the Gracie family it was a good it was a good night I thought R Neiman showed and displayed that he deserved to be in there there was that moment right there on that knee bar I actually thought he potentially had it um, just wasn't quite deep enough, but I, I thought it was, I thought it was going to be there and just wasn't there, man. I thought, I thought he almost had it, man. I was like, Oh wow, this is going to happen. No crap. I thought Rory's mind was definitely clear. And I talked about it in the commentary. I said, um, look, man, this kid is a champion. He's, he's not just a champion, but he's got a mindset to be a champion and it, you can't take it out of him. And I, Jesus ain't taking it out of him, dude. God's not taking him out of him. It's it ain't taking it out of him. There's just no way. 
he can say all the things he wants. He can say all the things that maybe will make him feel better. But you are not changing the fact, Roy, that you're a fighter. You're a fighter deep down in your heart. You're going to always be a fighter. You're not anything else but that. And there's nothing wrong with that. Dude, you're, you're an animal. You're a kid that has, you're a, you're a great guy, an amazing athlete. He's really young as well. He's young, but he's also, he's just extremely talented. But there's nothing wrong with what you're doing. You're engaging in a combative sport with another mutual person who wants to engage in the same sport as you. You guys are making a living for your families and providing for your kids. There's no better, there's, there's nothing wrong with that. You're doing what you love. You love to train, even if you just wanted to train. And do, you're, you're, you're training. All you're doing is training. You're training and making yourself a better, a better person in your heart. That's it, man. There's nothing wrong. And I, I've never understood uh, people that have, like, you know, I guess people that have changed their career path, you know, because of Jesus or because of God. And I'm like, I'm a religious person, but there's just no way of just saying like, yeah, God wouldn't want you to provide for your for your family. I mean, how else are you going to get 10% if you don't make money? So, <laughs> you know, I know that seems like kind of a, a shallow thing to say, but it's true. You know, I mean, how are you supposed to pay 10% of nothing if you're not making any money for your family? You know, um, it just it doesn't make any sense to me. So I'm glad that you you have you had your moment of clarity. I'm glad you got it back together. And uh, this is you, man. This is this is who you are. You're you're a top level fighter. And you're a fighter at heart. You can't f have the more the performances you've had throughout your career, and tell me that you're not a fighter at heart. It would be you'd be lying to yourself, and I don't think that's something that you should ever do. You know, um, dude, you're a, you're an amazing athlete, but hands down, and not to mention I've you know had several conversations with you and fighter meetings and things like that, and you're an amazing person. You know, it's uh, good to see you um, doing what you're doing. And, uh, you know, see you in the finals, buddy. Man, good stuff. Great stuff, though. Do you think if um, one of them gets injured for the final, they'll put Fitch in, or do you think they'll just move it forward? You know, I don't... Move it back? No, I, th I think they want to try to wrap this thing up by September or October. There was talk that it was supposed to be here in San, San Jose in September, but Rory came out and said that, they pretend that he wouldn't be ready by September because that's coming up pretty quick. You know, I want to say that's like three weeks off and then like an eight-week camp or six-week camp. So that's pretty. That's pretty. Uh, that's pretty quick turnaround for him. But uh, then Roy turned around and posted something today. Say, hey, I got a good workout in today. Feeling great. Uh, did a couple miles on the bike. So maybe there is uh, maybe there is a little bit of uh, hope for September. But the Gracie family, I thought all in all, had a good night. Hobson came up with a win with an armbar, and Neiman showed that uh, he deserved to be there. I thought it was a good fight, man. Good fight. Yeah, the belt or belts Velcro in the back? Mm, I don't think so. I think they're clip on. Would be better if they were, because it's such a pain in the ass. To, like, and Scott looked like he was struggling. <laughs> yeah, then it's, then they're button if he looks like he is struggling. Yeah, they're mainly but those like little. Look, but there's no there's no clips yet. Oh, maybe it is. Look, see the no clips. Uh, maybe he clipped one on. Yeah, maybe uh, he clipped one on and then he uh, just okay. threw it over the back. Sometimes they clip it in the front, like in the the first two or something like that. It'd be cool if it was magnetic. <clears throat> maybe it is. It could be that too. Could be magnetic. Yeah, kind of help their little back problems. Uh, anyways, is there anything else? Um, you got Bellator this weekend, right? Or you already yeah, touched we already on, that on that? And then we got USC, Moicano, and Korean Zombie. Man, they don't ever do Korean Zombie any favors. Yeah, Moicano versus Korean Zombie. I think when is this fight? 
That's this weekend. Oh, is this weekend? Saturday. Oh, Saturday too, huh? Where's it at? Uh, this one is in uh, Greenville. Green, is that in the United States? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know where Greenville Me is. Me neither. Uh, yes. Bon Secours Wellness Arena. Greenville. I don't know. It's weird that they have Greenville U.S. versus Greenville in Alabama. The or, yeah. Yeah. Greenville. Interesting. Wow. Anyways, all right. Tells you a uh, it should be. I mean, doing. honestly, that should be a good fight, though. Moicano and uh, Korean Zombie. Man, yeah. Matt Wyman's still fighting. Crazy. Yeah. I hadn't seen him in a while. He's fighting uh, one of my teammates, Luis Pena. Where'd you see that? Here? It was the last page you were just on. Oh. Pay attention, dude. Right there. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Luis yeah. Pena. Yeah. Luis Pena. Good <clears throat> stuff, man. Good stuff. I mean, hey, I mean, I don't really know outside. Oh, then, oh, go back. And then, I don't even know how to pronounce his last name, but Dan Eage. Yeah. Yeah. So, Dan, Dan, he's uh, he's also managed by. Um, Zenkin? No, he's managed by. Could be he's managed. Ali. But uh, good kid, man. Super nice kid. Very talented. Had a good finish. uh, His last fight, I believe. Good knockout. And, uh, you know, you're going to fight Kevin Aguilar. So that's another. That's going to be a good fight. So I don't know much about Kevin Aguilar, but I like watching Dan fight. We never got your your reaction to Henry Cejudo, champ champ. Uh, The, the, you know, uh, two-time champion now, two different weight classes. I thought he fought an amazing um, fight. I thought... I thought everything about him was was phenomenal. He made the adjustment. He came in and he did a great job. I mean, there's nothing that I can say about Henry Cejudo um, that that people don't already know, man. Like realistically, like he's got the champion spirit in him. Youngest, uh, probably one of the youngest uh, American Olympians, and probably I think he is the youngest wrestling Olympic gold medalist. Uh, I think he was 19 at the time when he won it. Um. Was came out of a no came out of nowhere. No one ex- I, no one even knew who he was. To be honest, as far as you know, obviously people in the wrestling circuit knew who he was, but no one expected him to win a gold medal. Um, then he comes out and he wins a gold medal, and then he comes out and then he uh, becomes UFC champion, and then he becomes the what's the next weight class up? It's bantamweight. 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 And then he becomes the bantamweight champion. I mean, outside of him potentially going to forty five, which I don't think he should. I mean, because I think Marias showed the how, that how much bigger he is compared to Cejudo with those leg kicks. You know, he called it Faber and Dominic Cruz. Uh, yeah. He called them. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, uh, Dominic Cruz fights at thirty-five, and I think Faber will probably come back at bantamweight, also not forty-five. Uh, I think Faber is going to come back at forty-five. Though. You think so? I thought he already said he'd come back at bantamweight. No, nah, I think he said featherweight. Oh, okay, then whatever. But hey, I'd love to see. I mean, like, I, I think I think the fight for him to take would be against Dom. And I talked to Dom while we were uh, in New York. That's the fight, man. That's the fight. I mean, I would love to see Dom. Dom said he's pretty much about as his body's about as good as it gets right now. And uh, you know, that's the fight I'd like to see. My pitches for Dom. Everyone says that he should get skipped over because he's been inactive for so long. But you guys got to remember, man, he was inactive for all those years when he was the champion. He came back and he still won. So he doesn't believe in he doesn't believe in ring rust, and uh, so why should we? He's, he shows that he's a time and time he's a winner. Uh, he had a hard time with Cody Garbrandt and the speed, I think, and you know a little bit of that threw him off. But I think a fight with him and uh, Henry Cejudo would be amazing. We may actually see Dom on his back for one of the first times, you know. And uh, I think that'd be a great fight. I think it'd be a great fight. I wonder if his style 
um, stylistically would would pose problems for uh, Henry Cejudo as movement and the way he the way he strikes and the way he sets things up and stuff. So that to me is very intriguing. I would love to see that fight. Fedor signs a retirement tour for Bellator. Yeah, I don't know if that's just him going around like signing autographs and retiring. Well, it says Bellator resigns heavyweight legend Fedor to exclusive multi-fight contract ahead of farewell tour. That's from Bellator's oh, website. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I didn't tell you. Couldn't tell you what it is then. You don't care either. Well, I mean, like, I wish I wish he would not fight. <laughs> you know, I mean, there, there, you don't have anything more to prove, man. You're one. Of, you're probably the greatest uh, heavyweight ever. So. You know, who knows? Uh, you know, Chael Sonnen retires. Um, I work alongside him. Everyone knows that. I work alongside him for the uh, fights in Bellator. We are going to be working together side, uh, side by side in um, in London. So it'd be great to see him. His whole family would be out there as well. But, I mean, for me, honestly, he has nothing more to prove. The guy's done a lot. He's done so much. And I actually talked to him today a little bit on the phone. I was talking to him about the fact that, man, would be good. Would be good to see. I'm glad that I'm glad to see him uh, retire. He's obviously, still very quick-witted. Probably one of the best athletes, um, you know, to fight at 185 and never turned down a fight. Man, always wanted to fight the best guys. Always wanted the the whoever was the quickest way to the title shot. And uh, you can't knock people like that. I thought he was very talented and uh, probably one of the best chain wrestlers and wrestlers in the game. Didn't get enough credit for, him, even though he was a good wrestler. People don't realize how good he was as far as a wrestler, you know, and uh, what level he was. And I thought he was, thought thought he was phenomenal. So, what else? Um, did you already react to? Oh, this is the fight I want to see right here: right. Rafael dos Anjos and Leon Edwards. This fight right here is the fight I want to see. This is gonna be crazy. You know. They moved that. Can I want to see Masvidal and uh, Leon Edwards after the whole drama? Yeah, but they moved Masvidal to Pettis, right? Or yeah, no, Masvidal's uh, fighting Pettis. No, Masvidal's fighting um, the wrestler uh, Ben Askren. Uh, ben Askren. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That doesn't make any sense. Doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, I I think Leon and, and Masvidal is gonna be or not Masvidal. Leon and uh, Dos Anjos. And Dos Anjos is gonna be a great fight, man. Great fight. So. Yep. And then, um, did you see the 239 card that, that's coming up as well? It's actually pretty stacked. Your boy looks on there as well. Yeah, it's stacked, but they're talking about moving it all around. Yeah. They're talking about moving Luke from the card. Yeah, yeah. The whole, the, but the 4th of July is their main, like that 4th of July weekend is their main stuff. That's like fight, International yeah, Fight Week? Yeah, it's International Fight Week, which is oh, basically yeah. Reebok Week. Because there's no more like everyone, like before it used to be like all the, Sponsors, and it was like a huge ordeal. Uh, now, as soon as they signed the deal with Reebok, there was it's like just Reebok. Oh, and there's like probably like a monster energy booth. <laughs> That's about it, man. Uh, That's all they have now. It's garbage, you know. Well, you yeah, it's know. a stacked car, but the thing is, they're gonna probably they're trying to move like uh, Blackwicks and Luke. They were talking about moving somebody else it's too. Just stacked car, man. Yeah. So many good fights on there. Good stuff. I mean, they need to. They need to have a stack card for the fact that it's, you know, that weekend. Yeah. You know? You think Holly gets I dying? think she gets it done. You think I mean, Holly does? I think Holly gets it done, man. Oh, I don't know. I don't think so. Well, I, let me, but even if she, even if I don't think so, I kind of hope, hope she does. <laughs> <laughs> Why? <laughs> I, I just, I like, I like Holly over Amanda Nunes. Mm. Doesn't Holly train at the same camp as Jones? Uh, a conflict of interest for you? No, no, no. I like Holly. <laughs> I like Holly. 
Anyways, uh, yeah. I'm excited to see the, the – I mean, I like how Coker had said something about the fact that he's he's uh, definitely op to, open to um, cross-promotion with the UFC, but we all know the UFC's not interested in that, so. They just opened a new Apex, a new, like, Apex facility called the UFC Apex, and it's, like, basically the new the new venue for Dana White's Tuesday Night Contender Series, but it's, it's like, 130,000 square feet, and they're going to host, like, concerts and shit there as well. It's, like, really weird that, that – it's a fight venue. Where's it at? It's in Vegas. Uh, yeah. 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 Um, yeah. I mean, they're doing, they're doing their own thing, but they're doing big, big things in their own thing. Mm. But it's cool to see that it's crazy that there's a, there's a champ for two major leagues, at uh, the same weight class, um, the one that just fought in Bellator. Oh, Horiguchi. Yeah. I think That's it's crazy, great, man. Yeah. It's, it's the so first good. cross promotion champion. Yeah. You know, I think it's great, man. Like I, I think it, I think it's uh, potentially better. I think for the sport, is that, is, is that one of the only ways that you're gonna get like um, more than the champ champ, like more than two? No, I think Patricio can win at one thirty five. No, but I'm saying like, is that the only way you kind of get outside? You kind of get more. Oh yeah, because you're saying he's gonna go down to thirty five because yeah. he's already forty five and fifty five. Oh yeah, okay. So you, yeah. And you'd still be the champ in your own weight classes. That's the thing. You're not gonna like. You're the champ, champ in at one thirty-five. Sure, you're the champ in Bellator and the champ in Ryzen. I guess, but I mean, like, you could be the champ. At, he could end up going down to uh, twenty-five. If we had a twenty-five, we don't though. So that's thirty-five. He had to go up to forty-five. A lot of bouncing. But yeah. the, but then you're holding up divisions too much at that point. Yeah, well, for both sides. Yeah. Yeah, I guess I don't know. I mean, Henry Cejudo, I mean, I don't even know if they're going to have a 25 now. He just won the title at 35. But yeah. there's talk like he saved the 25 division. Yeah. Ben Askren's also still in belief that they're going to announce it. I, I keep thinking of 65, man. 65. He, he, he thinks they're going to announce it when Khabib fights in Saudi Arabia. Yeah. Thinks they're going to announce it. So you and Ben Askren are on the same page. Yeah, I mean, it's, I, I just I don't know. Maybe they don't want to change anything. But from what I heard, I heard that they were there was talks about it and that they were interested in doing it. So, but they were just you know. So, what's your thoughts on the celebrity fight? Ah, who cares? Who cares? Let them both. <laughs> oh man, that was that was pretty funny. See, it's crazy. Justin Bieber's calling out Tom Cruise. It's just it yeah. Did you see random. though? All the promotions are like, hey, we'll promote it. Yeah, you know, UFC hit him up, uh, Bellator hit him up, Connor, Connor hit him up. <laughs> I don't know. Um, well, what are they gonna fight? MMA or are they gonna fight boxing? What are they gonna fight? MMA because he said octagon. Yeah. Um, and then uh, I guess one of the last things is uh, Cyborg's free agency coming up. You think? You think? Uh, yeah, I think she's gonna bounce. You think she's gonna bounce? Yep. You think the loss is kind of she's? Yeah, who's gonna fight at one forty-five now? She lost the title. Yeah. Yeah. You know, who's she going to fight? That's the thing. You think she'll come over, though? Because Bellator's actually got, like, a decent 45. Yeah, Julia kinda. Budd, and they've got, a, like, two or three Leslie other Leslie just came over. Leslie yeah. got beat by Cyborg, but she came over as well. She's at 45. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know, man. Like, Leslie Smith's fine. And then Le I mean, I think that I think she's going to bounce. Yeah. My personal opinion. <laughs> yep. Yeah, well, I think that... I think that does it for this week's MMA. Yeah. Um, not a whole lot. Not a whole lot outside the fights. Good, good fight card though for Bellator. It just continues to seem promising for them. Yeah. Yeah, I mean honestly, they're you know, 
they're doing a lot of good things. We'll see. We'll see how much further they go. Um, I know that. Um, yeah, I know that they're doing. I know they're working on a bunch of big things. So we'll just see if it if it all comes to fruition. You know, it's you hear things and um, you hope for the best, but it's just a matter of whether they can get it all to happen. So, good stuff. Uh, uh see. Sorry, guys. The yawns. I'm a little jet lag. Leave tomorrow Flying again. London tomorrow. Yeah, fly to London tomorrow where, too. So where is it in London? Uh, in, oh, it's at Wembley. <laughs> it's at Wembley. I was thinking England. Oh. Um, it's at Wembley. That's cool. The SEC yeah. Arena. That's cool. cool. Um, it'll be. I think it's cold there right now. Oh, will it? I think. I think it's kind of. I don't know. I think it's kind of like overcast. Were you just there. Yeah, it was actually it was kind of warm, but it rained a few days. But then I was only there for three days in Scotland because we landed, dude. So it started out. It was supposed to be ten days in Scotland, right? And I'm thinking, all right, it's the only vacation I'm gonna get this year. My new job, so ten days, relax, give the baby to my mom, just chill out for ten days, right? Then we turns into Tanya's like, oh, why don't we just go to like Venice or something for a couple of days in Italy since flights are cheap and we're going to be over there and she can get to see some of Europe. I was like, all right, a couple of days out, 10 days, that, that works. Still get eight days just to just to hang out and chill, right? Then then we invited our friends to come with us and then it turned into uh, landing Scotland on a Monday, Monday afternoon, right? So Monday afternoon, I'm there, we're there, we land. I'm hanging out, chilling. Then I got all day Tuesday in Glasgow had to take them, take my friends around, show them all of Glasgow. Wednesday morning, we flew out to Alicante in Spain, a small town. Spent the rest of the day in Alicante. The next day in Alicante, Friday morning at like 5 a.m., flew to Barcelona. Spent all day in Barcelona. Saturday morning at like 6 a.m., flew to Venice. Spent all day Saturday in Venice. Half the day Sunday in Venice. Flew home Sunday night at like 9 o'clock uh, to Glasgow. And then it was Monday, Tuesday, Glasgow, and then I was back home again. I was like, fuck. I was back in work on Friday. I was just like, fuck, man. I'm just, I need a vacation now. <laughs> I was going to say, you need a vacation from your vacation. Yeah. You hear that shit all crazy, the time, man. man. Yeah. So crazy. But uh, the flights were cheap, so. Yeah. That was yeah, cool. I was in the Philippines, and I flew straight from the Philippines to New York for the show. 15-hour <sighs> flight straight. Straight there? Straight there. Jeez, from man. Manila, from Manila straight to New York City. I don't know flights. JFK. Fifteen could hours. Last that man. That's a lot. Of, that's a lot of gas. <laughs> straight. Was that no a big, stop. Big plane. Yeah. Straight. Yeah. No stops. Landed. Boom. Got off. Did the show. Uh, was there for three days. Flew back on early Saturday morning. Doing a bunch of stuff. You know, at my house. Finishing up a barbecue area and a fire pit area. Getting backyard furniture and stuff. We just did and, the same. You know, so I got all this stuff going in. Just had my house painted right before I left. So oh, really? Now they got to come back and do a bunch of touch-ups because they missed a couple spots. It's all right. It's common. And then uh, just a bunch of stuff, man. Just I'm trying to get it all done. And I got to clean out all my garage, lay my mats down, put some weights in there, and do everything I need to do for I'm, my house. I just did all that well, in I mean, my garage. Well, even though I have the gym. Like, I have a gym here. It's not far. But it's like it would be nice just to walk out. I have I have a dual, like, my garage has two garage doors. Yeah, yeah So the yeah, back absolutely. one opens and the front yeah. one opens and the back one goes to my pool so I can walk from the front yard to the backyard right into my pool. That's pretty dope, actually, when you got a gym in there. Yeah, just... so if I have a gym in there, if I have a gym, I want to put a couch and a TV and everything set up in there so if, you know, just have people over, we can watch fights out in the garage and then I can That's get cool. a workout in too while, and while I have a TV out there too when I'm working out. May so. as well just move the studio there as well. <laughs> <laughs> Man, it's too much. 
All right, guys. Wait. Well, hey, thanks for tuning in. Thanks for tuning in for Punk's Pin. Uh, follow us on IG, Instagram, Twitter. T-shirts. All you know, all the thing. Oh, and then T-shirts. What? What's the T-shirt thing? Uh, so explain it to me. ProWrestlingTees.com slash Josh Thompson official. Okay. Uh, ProWrestlingTees.com slash Josh Thompson official. You go yeah, see our picture. See our our T-shirts there. We have a really cool native uh, Native Sons of California T-shirt. Um, it's kind of like that. I think Kanye kind of came out with the first design, but it's pretty dope, man. I wish yeah. we, we might want to turn that shirt around where it says SATP. Maybe turn it around so it shows the back version of it. Oh, did you, you mean, make that hot nougat shirt? Yeah, I did. You're such That's a big It's the best thing ever, right? Bro, everybody fucking loves that shit. That's so funny. And then we made a, a hot nougat shirt. Hot nougat! You know? Because, uh, because I said that one day. Because <laughs> I didn't play. I didn't play Street Bro, Fighter. Bro, it's, it's one of the best. So things. I made I a hot new. I game. can't wait for these to start popping up on IG. That's so funny, man. <laughs> if you guys uh, picture a shirt, you buy a shirt, uh, do us a favor, please take a picture of it and tag us on it and post it on your IG. Truly appreciate it. All right, guys, thanks for tuning in, uh, and uh, I will be back actually next week because I will be back in town. So uh, thanks for tuning in. And, uh, thank you. Bye, guys. <laughs>